0: You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast.
1: superintendent he basically said this if you call yourself an assembly of god church and you don't support missions then remove the assembly of god off your sign amen so we are about missions we are about missions so how do you do that you go on missions trips you give consistently to missions uh, by the way a, a pastor our, our missionary one has all stepped up and shared and thanked the a body for giving last year $20,000 to the church, uh, purchase for a church uh, over there, put the down payment, and he gave an update, and I'll just give you the update real quick. Before they left, because when we gave it to them, prices were really high for real estate, and they they were told by their agent over there, why don't we wait a few months until we can purchase something at a lower price? Well, prices have come down, they thought, before they left to come to general counsel, that they have that piece of property. But then, when they came here, they ran into and met with the the area director and basically his bosses. And those missionaries said, you know what, we've got some extra monies. And we looked at your place over there, and it's too small. We want to invest in you, and we're going to go with you and go over there and find a bigger place... For us all to purchase there in Fukuoka for the church, so uh, so so we, they haven't spent the money yet, but it's there ready. And, and when the, uh, everyone gets back there to Fukuoka uh, this week, in the next few weeks, they're going to look for a bigger place. And praise God, uh, we're going to have a fine church there in Fukuoka that we have been a part of, and we can pray for and believe for great things. Amen. He also said and admitted that when I was there preaching, that was the largest altar call they've ever had. Then. And the lady got saved on that day, and and um, he said, that's a miracle, because it takes Japanese people an average of five years coming to church and Bible studies before they ever give their hearts to Jesus, and that day she gave her heart to Jesus, so praise God for that. And the church has not been the same since, so praise God, because they don't demonstrate emotion. And so when they came to an altar and were weeping and crying, I mean, that was a breakthrough in that church, so things have been happening in that church. Well, praise God. Let's talk about heaven. Okay, one last time. Can we do that? Okay. Turn to Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17. We're going to say it a a, a few times, but but, uh, look what it says. It starts with the word look. (laughs) Chapter 65 of Isaiah, verse 17, and it says this. Look. I am creating new heavens and a new earth. And note this, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. I want that to sink in a little bit. No one will even think about the old ones anymore. Let's pray. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus. for us. What a day that will be. Anoint me for this moment, this time. anoint us all to receive your word this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, many of us as we look back over our lives, we realize something that, that, that maybe we don't like to think about, and that's this. We've moved a few times. I don't know about you, but I don't like moving. You know what happens when you boxes, and, and, and if you like most of us, some of those boxes never get opened again. But you keep them in your garages, don't you? You keep them in your storage units, you keep them in your closets, and, you, and years later you say, what's in this box? And you open it up and say, that's where that is. But we don't like moving. But today I want to talk to you Christians about having a permanent address. Amen. Hallelujah. One, you'll never get one that you'll never get old, one that you'll never have to fix. Hallelujah, because it's perfect. It's the place called heaven. Hallelujah, a place called heaven. You know, preachers and teachers, we preach and teach about heaven, uh, but but it's not enough because we haven't we haven't exhausted the topic. There's just no way. Sometimes people will tell you, uh, you know, can you tell me something about heaven? Well. Uh, because we're interested, isn't aren't we? We want to know more about heaven. We want to know what, what to expect, you know. It, it, and, and yet, what we get, what we know, is a piece of gold and 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 beautiful diamonds and and rubies and, and all, uh, pearls and all this kind of stuff. That, you know, we think about all that stuff, and but we should be concerned because we're going to spend eternity there, right? We should. And the only way we can find out about heaven is to turn to the Word of God and see what God's Word has to tell us. Because here's here's the truth. If If I go on vacation, you go on vacation, and I return, or you return, you can tell me all about that place that you've been. If I've not been there, you can tell me all about it. Why? Because you've been there, and you can come back and tell me about it. Right? And I I ask you, especially if I'm going to go there in the future, I want to know what what it's all about. Well, the thing is here, heaven is such a great place that even those that have said they've got a glimpse of heaven, they haven't gotten all the details. They haven't gotten it all. But God lives there. And, and his word tells us about this place called heaven. And as we see God's word has, has to say about it, we have to consider a couple things. Number one, we have to say God cannot tell us at all about heaven, this place called heaven fully, because we could not comprehend it all. Think about it for a moment. Think about if we were to go back to Noah's time and, and, and we were to tell Noah, hey, Noah. First of all, you had a real big problem when God said, build a boat, and you said, what's a boat, you know? Can you imagine telling him, well, in my in, in the future, there's going to be this little, this, this this thing we call a vehicle, four wheels, and, and a steering wheel, and you put gas in it, and it, you can drive hundreds of th- thousands of miles and, and get to another place in just a few hours. You say, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Or, 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 or one day, you're going to go into your living room, and there's this box sitting on uh, this box, sitting on a, a table or a, on your mantle or a, on the wall, and you sit back with this remote control thing, and he's going to say, what's a remote control? And you press a button, and this colored picture is going to come on the screen. And, and, and if you keep pressing, another... Place is gonna come on. And and even get uh, pictures from across the nation, across the world, and and, and you can say, What? What? Or or one day, one day, we're gonna carry I don't have one on me, but but I caught Michael pulling uh, one of his out exactly at the time I was saying this in uh, the first service, uh, but a, a cell phone. This little thing you put to your head and and, and you talk to it, and somebody somewhere far away can hear me talk can you imagine how how his mind would be blown at that moment he he has no reference point he has no understanding of that the world in which we live in would blow their minds too much information there is no way that they could comprehend anything I've just talked about no way well, heaven is going to be greater than anything we can imagine. Greater. That which we know, yes, but even greater than that. Because God created it, so if God could did, did tell us all the thing, great things about heaven, we would have no idea what he was talking about. None whatsoever. And uh, uh, We've got to understand that. The second thing, if God told us all about this glorious place, we would beg him, take us right now. Just take us right now. I don't want this. I mean, we got troubles, we got trials, we got smog, we got taxes, we got you know, bills to pay. Take us right now. You and But he can't do that. Why? Because if he took all of us, who would tell the rest of the world about him. Amen? So until that day, until that time, we, we, we yet remain. We re- yet remain. Now, word does tell us some things about heaven. The things that, that he tells us get us excited about heaven. Right? They, at least they should. So let's look at three things about heaven that, that God wants us to know. We find three people that have had an experience there. Uh, The Apostle Paul would be one. Now, I I already told you that that he had, uh, last week, had gone, he had died. uh, uh, I mean, no one has died. Gone there and come back and told us all about heaven. I mean, they they can tell us a little something. You know, I saw a bright light. Or I saw the gates. Or I, you know, and then they come for God's mercy brings them back. and, And that's all they can tell us. But Paul talks about a time when he doesn't know he's in the body or out of the body or or what. But but in 2 Corinthians 12, he says this, verses 2 through 4. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside of my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise note this last part and I heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words things no human is allowed to tell I I gotta believe he had no words to describe in his vernacular and probably yours and mine too there are just not enough words in our vocabulary to describe what he, he saw in heaven can you imagine that? I mean, if you see something wonderful and glorious, you're going to gonna say, well, describe it to me. And you're going to, oh, well, it's this, and it's that, and, and I don't know what else to tell you. And that's kind of where Paul was at. We we do know that from the Word of God, there's three heavens, right? We know that there's that first heaven, which is basically the sky where the birds fly and the airplanes fly, and we look up, and that's that's the first heaven. Second heaven is where the the space shuttle is hanging out, and and that place there. You need a telescope to see the stars, especially in Southern California, where all the light pollution, you know, if you see one or two stars, you say, Oh, great night, clear night. But you go out to the desert, where there's no lies and you're just like, whoa! Millions. That's the second heaven. But the third heaven is where God lives. Hallelujah. And no cosmonaut or no big telescope is ever going to get you to see the third heaven. till it is ready for you and me to get there. Hallelujah. Praise God. So... Uh, the third heaven mankind has, has we've been able to see some beautiful things, beautiful sights in this time in, in this world, we see cloud formations, we go ooh we see sunsets and we, ah, right we see some beautiful things some beautiful sights, uh, in the second heaven well, with powerful telescopes I mean, these you've got people that are into that stuff, He's looking at. Like a Whoa! Oh, I mentioned last week how if you go out on certain nights, we have those those meteor showers. You feel like you're dodging them, and out in the meanwhile you're saying, "Wow!" And look at all the people that stepped outside for the lunar or solar eclipses in the last few years. Everybody wants to watch and see, right? Because we're amazed by it all. But nothing on Earth, nothing in the first heaven. The second heaven is going to be as awesome, as beautiful, as glorious, as awe inspiring as the sights we will see in the third heaven. Praise his name. But whatever the reason, God forbade Paul to talk about what he saw, and and he almost had to be strapped down uh, when when they brought him back down to earth. And this is what he said in Philippians 1.23. He says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to be with Christ, which would be far better for me. And then he goes, I say, but I I, I must remain for you. But if he had his brothers, he'd say, don't take me home right now, Lord, because I've already seen a glimpse. I already know some of the things that are waiting for me. We did not know what Paul had, whether he had an out-of-body experience or he just had a vision of some sort. But he he never was the same after that experience. Then there was Apostle John. You know John, the writer of the Revelation, he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And and think about this. He saw some of the most horrible things in in, in vision in, 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 in this Revelation. Ever happened to mankind. I mean, think about it. He saw, he saw, well, the rapture of the church, hallelujah. But he saw what happens here on the earth after the rapture of the church. He he saw he saw the Antichrist. He saw the Great Tribulation. He saw the Battle of Armageddon. He saw the great white throne judgment. If you see that, I'm telling you, you're gonna shake it in, in your boots. He saw all that. He saw some of the most horrifying moments that will take place in, in the history of mankind. And yet if you go to the end of that chapter Revelation 22, verse 20, the second half, what does he say? Because in it all, he saw a glimpse of heaven and he says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. You know one thing I tell the families the ones who have gone on to this wonderful place called heaven is this once you're Christians and you enter the portals of heaven as much as they love their families they would not want to come back (laughs) it's so glorious they don't want as much as they love you they don't want to come back because it's so glorious. And I'm, I'm giving you a, a couple of things here this morning that, that you know about that. But the Bible tells us that, that there will be no marriages in heaven. I'm sad, sad to say for some of you, but there will be no marriages. Think about it. If there are marriages or other kinds of relationships like that in heaven, there will be some problems because as good as your marriage is, sometimes you've gotten mad at your spouse. Haven't you? Sometimes they've disappointed you. Sometimes it's gotten a little, you stay over there, I'll stay over here. Right? Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Could you imagine if that was taking place in heaven? See, the only one that you will have time to love, the only one you'll have time to worship, is the Lord God himself. There'll be no other time or reason to that won't love anybody else that way so nothing's going to get in in, in between you and, and your relationship with the lord in that situation once we're christians we enter the portals of heaven we're going to worship him hallelujah well, so why must why, why must these, these relationships Not be heaven. I mean, in heaven we will have equal love for all our brothers and sisters. So praise God. We will be known as we are known, but but there will not be those marriages taking place. And the Apostle Paul and John uh, and John they saw this glorious place, and once they saw this place, and, and, and they had they, they 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 got themselves ready to depart for this place. And John prayed, "Oh, Amen, Lord, come, Lord Jesus, come, come." They got a peek inside of heaven. And they never were the same again. Hallelujah. There's one more that had a glimpse, and he knows all about heaven, and that would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He had more to say about heaven than anything else or anyone else. This is appropriate because he knows more about heaven than you and I do at least this side of heaven. And so he tells us a couple of things, and I want to share with you those things. Number one, is a new place. It's a new place. Revelation 21, so not just in Isaiah 65, 17, but in, in Revelation 21, 1 through 3, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. Note this next line. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's word says that God will create a new heaven and a new earth. Think about that. Let that sink in for just a little bit. Think about it. The word of God is very clear on this. It says it here in Isaiah. It says it in Revelation. But some people have a hard time buying into the fact that God is going to believe it as it is written. When God says it, It's true. It's true. some some don't understand that for a moment, but but it's going to happen because earth needs to be cleansed they think it just needs to be cleansed and restored kind of like an old sofa that needs to be reupholstered but I'll tell you what, you put a new skin on it and after a few months you sit on that thing and you still hear the creak, creak you know, that spring that was sprung, it eventually will get sprung again you know why is this basically the old frame with just a new skin on it that's not what god wants for us that has just been restored god's not into that restoration there what will happen to the old one we don't have to guess for the old heaven and Why will God make a new heaven and a new earth? Many believe, but we can only speculate that he does not. does this for a couple of reasons. Number one, because Satan has corrupted the old heaven. What, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, you ask, what, what do I mean by that? and uh, What difference does that make? Well, here's, let here, here, me give you a little illustration. Some of you, in a, even in a group of this size, there are some that grew up in a, an abusive situation in your home. Right? And I'm not asking you to raise your hand or identify yourself. I'm just saying, in, in, in our society, that, that happens. It's not the right thing. It's not the appropriate thing. But that happens because we live in a fallen world. And let's just suppose you grow up. And you grow up and there's things that happen uh, in your life, through the action of life, and there's things that happen that all of a sudden, ooh, I'm reminded of that situation. I remember when my dad said. Flooding back, right? Those memories come flooding back. As you know your Bible, you know the time when Satan rebelled in heaven. He took a third of heaven, of the angels of heaven, and and they, they rebelled against God. God still remembers those things. Why would God want to have those kinds of memories? He doesn't. He doesn't. Are before Christ's memories, don't we? We remember the things we were involved in. We remember the times we failed and the times that maybe we foolishly but wholeheartedly fell into sin and made that mistake and were so remorseful Afterwards, And and we say, oh, and and, and yes, we've been forgiven. Yes, we've been restored. But the devil's an old fool, and and he knows you're a fool too. And so what does he do? He tries to come in and remind you of that disappointment. Remind you of when you failed the Lord. Remind you when it just wasn't right in your life. And and tries to discourage you in, in your walk with the Lord. He does that, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. We can all remember those things. long as we live, we will not be able to get away from them. But here's the good news. Heaven could not be a great place to go to for us if we're going to constantly be reminded of those old things. Hmm. So therefore, the old heaven So God did something for us. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. That's what Isaiah 65, verse 17 says. Look, I am creating a new heaven and a new earth. And no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Hallelujah. Because if we were constantly bombarded with all these negative thoughts while we were in heaven, it would not be heaven. Would it? No, it wouldn't. the the new earth that God will will create during the millennium will not be filled filled with things that will sadden us. I mean, how can we enjoy a thousand years of peace on this earth and and ride by a a cemetery and be reminded of of the losses that we've had? How, How can we enjoy heaven. And if, 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 if we're in heaven, and, and even though we prayed for, it, we we you know blessed and tears over a, 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 a child that come to Jesus, and they never did, could it be heaven for us if we had remorse that they didn't make it? Think about it for a moment. It wouldn't be heaven. Because we'd always be reminded of what happened on earth. But sinners won't be so fortunate. God creates a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and new earth will pass away from God's memory and from our memory. But those in hell, they'll remember all the time. They'll remember everything. They'll remember the times that mom and dad brought brought them to church and, and encouraged them to walk with the Lord, trust the Lord with their lives, and surrender their lives to Jesus. They'll remember that. They'll remember the times that... because I was reminded of it as a teenager uh, driving and staying out late on Saturday night and, and my dad, we live in a two-story house and, and you know, there's a certain stepdad takes when he's going up the stairs he's got a mission up there because a, a certain son is not getting ready for church and he the covers over and when he got into the room he didn't say, good morning he didn't say, how are you Grabbed the blankets and yanked them off my body. I got up and went to church, and thank God I did, or I wouldn't be standing here before you. Amen. Amen. But could you imagine if I had not responded in this manner, if I had not responded to God's call on my life, had not, I not—I mean, let alone not be your pastor, but—but then they, I had died. think about all those so-called roadblocks to hell that the, 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 the Lord put in my life like my dad pulling the sheets off my, my body or, or or a Sunday school teacher giving me a challenge or a children's church leader giving, having a uh, altar call in children's church or a or pastor, a great pastor the times that he preached and, and the altars were filled with people seeking God he'd remind me of every single time that I had somebody Talking to me about Jesus, and then remind me. I said no. And that will haunt the sinner in hell for all eternity. It will. Think about that. Think about that. Remember the rich man in the Bible, New Testament. The Bible tells us he remembered. He remembered his five brothers. He remembered that. He said, "Well, if you can't, if you can't." me really? Go, go to my five brothers, send somebody from the dead to rise up and talk to them about this and let them know they don't want to come here because they're tormented here. You see, he remembered. He remembered. Isaiah 65, 17 says, Look, I am creating a new heaven. Man in the Bible, as far as God is concerned, think about this they no longer exist. Could you imagine being a Christian parent saved uh, in heaven and thinking about your children that didn't make it to heaven? How that would haunt you for all eternity did I do wrong? Why didn't they come to Jesus? Why, you know, because that's the things we go through now, isn't it? Yeah, we ask those questions, we go through all the situations that happen in their lifetimes. Why haven't they come to Jesus? Do you imagine spending all eternity thinking about that? And you know, heaven was made for all of us and everybody. There's room for everybody. But there's going to be some people that choose not can you imagine being in heaven, having to think about that for all eternity? That's not heaven. That's not heaven. God will make a new heaven. He will create a new heaven and a new earth. How will he do it? He will create it. That's what the Bible says. That's what the scripture says. He will create it. We often use the word create to describe something that we as humans do. You know, like we create a new recipe or we create a you know, Nothing. We talk about oh that great creation. You got something that was already there and he put it together and he made something. We're talking about God who said, let it be, and it was. Amen. Hallelujah. We're talking about a God who who, uh, in this case he took some mud and then he went and they came to life. Uh, they talking about the God who the valley of dry bones, and they're all dead and gone. And all of a sudden, sinew and skin and, and heartbeats and all the all the veins and all the mind neurons and everything came together, and poof! That's our God. That's our God. Do you think he can, he can create a new heaven and new earth? He can just speak it into being. He is speaking in a being. We can't create anything, but he can. Everything pre-existed that we, we had put together with materials and so forth. Even a carpenter can't create a house just out of nothing. They have to have the lumber yard. They have to have the summer. They have to you know, do all that stuff. And then they can create a house. But out of nothing, no, they can't do it. God is the creator, and God will create a new heaven for us all secondly is this a new peace a new peace heaven will not only be a new place but Jesus will provide a new a peace note this in Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 I told you to pay attention to this it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone the sea was also gone Look at those words. And the sea was also gone. There's a lot. Even here, there's people who love the ocean. I love going on cruises. I love being out in the middle of the ocean. And just love, you know, I just love it. I love it. But for many, it's not so much love in that thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And in the Bible, when it talks about that, it does not speak of, of the sea as the good times. It always seems to represent bad things. For instance, the sea represents storms. And I don't know about you, but it, it, I've been in a stormy. I went out fishing one time in a little 16-foot boat in, in Puget Sound. And I should not have been out there with this guy. I, I, you know, For one lousy salmon that was half drowned by the time I got it in, you know, it, it dead before I got it on the boats. Sea was so bad. You know, and it was cold, and, and water's coming over the front of the bow, and, 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 and it's hitting me on the shoulder, and I'm all drenched on one side. And I look on his face, and he's the captain of the boat, and he's not looking really good right now. The storm was coming. The storm was coming. And think about this. This time of year, all the storms develop out in the water, out in the ocean. You see that swirl take place, right? You get, we have the time the, the in our world where we can go on TV or go on the internet and we can see these swirling masses taking place out there in the oceans and then they move on to shore and it, it, all kinds of destruction take place, right? So that represents storms very little we can do when those storms hit, right? You see in some parts of our nation where they get in their cars, they board up everything, they get in their cars, and there's just traffic jams coming out of those cities trying to head for the hills. Right? So it represents storms. The other thing it represents the separation. Separation. You know, in the old days, it wasn't so much about planes. It was about trains and, and big ships, especially at wartime, right? And all the families would get there at the side of the, uh, near the big ship, and all the troops would get on the boat. And, and you sit there, and you watch that ship as far as you could see it until it got to the very end of the horizon, where the sky meets the sea. And you realize, they're gone. I don't know if they're coming back. it always seems to represent separation for so many. On the sea of life, death has separated many of us from our loved ones. But the Bible says, in heaven there's no more sea. Amen. Hallelujah. There's no more sea. But the sea also represents some sadness sea is known for its restlessness, right? You ever been out on the ocean when it's restless? If you, uh, you've been a fisherman out there, I've had mean bruises on my shins and my thighs just hugging the side of the, the boat. You know? That happens too. And when when you when you hear the boxes fall, the, the, t- uh, the, the, the tackle boxes falling off the places and and reels falling down, and and, and this is not where I want to be. A couple weeks back when we were up in Florida, it took a couple weeks, and we went up to visit some friends, and we were in a Bill's larger boat, and and my friend, our friend, uh, he loves to fish, but I didn't realize how much he didn't like to fish out in the ocean. Was the captain of the boat, is uh, taking us to a place over some uh, some sunken ships and just like those places and and uh, the rough seas were so rough he could not anchor there. Uh, they were so rough that just for seconds we could drift over a place and then we were gone. We had to come back around because of, and, and, and and I, I told him right away the, the rail on your boat should be at least this high. Restless. My toes were tired at the end of the day. Because I'm trying to grip the, the, the deck in my shoes. Restlessness. You know? Some of you get sick. Of the building places out there in off the long beach, what do they call? The islands. Yeah. We got out there. That's what, eight, nine miles out there, somewhere like that. And and uh, we're getting ready to push the fish. And one of the board members, I won't say his name. He doesn't come here anymore. They moved away. First guy and only guy I've ever seen literally turn green. He got so seasick, so restless. So troubled. I mean, you know this? uh, We had to turn around and come home. And I had just caught a big fish, too. This world is full of a lot of restless stuff, isn't it? Our spirits get restless. Our lives get restless. Situations Sick and tired of all this stuff. I I don't like it anymore. I don't want it anymore. How do I get out of here? Like the the thinking out there, I can't stand this anymore. I want some stability in my life. We all know that feeling, don't we? We all know that feeling. But one of the blessings of Restlessness. No tossing and turning like out in the ocean. There won't be any up and down experiences. This is why the Lord says it's a glorious place. Hallelujah. The, the, the things most valuable to us, we might realize, if, they, if things were more valuable to us, then, then we'd be looking at those things, longing for those things. But in heaven, those things won't exist. The only thing of value will be Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we might realize that heaven is greater than anything we can imagine. Anything. Just reading about this glorious place makes makes me want to go there. I don't know about you, but it makes me want to go there. Right? And maybe that's why a lot of us, when we get older, we say, I want to go home. And we're not talking about our earthly address. And if we've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have a hope and we don't want to give it away, throw it away, or walk away from that. Because it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen? It will be worth it all. Troubles will seem so small when we see him. We want to be able to, to be with him, and I want to be able to be with you in heaven. So if you don't know him, today's that day to turn to him. But if you know him, don't walk away. Don't give up. Keep on preaching, keep on teaching. Because there's there's a world out there that needs to know that a heaven was meant and made for all God's children. Hell was meant for the demons and the devil himself. While there is yet time, we got to tell them. We got to live like people that are bound for heaven, amen. That mm-hmm. we got our reservation. <laughs> the bill's been paid, even. Hallelujah! It's been one thing to show up at a hotel and say, "Well, you know, you owe us so many dollars," and this time we're going to show up and say, "Paid in full for all eternity." Yeah. Hallelujah! Woo. Hallelujah! That's going to be a great day. Close your eyes with me and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blessed hope. That that place called heaven that's being prepared for every child of the living God. Lord, you've made a way for us. And you've you thought of everything. Everything. Because you know what, what we would be thinking. Uh, what we would be worrying. Assume us, and so you said to, to, in your word, Lord, that, that to be done away with. We'll just have time for you, time to gather around your throne, to, to feel the, feel that even to a greater degree that we felt earlier in this service, your presence. Not only feel it, we'll see it, <laughs> Lord. We'll see in our presence on your throne. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But that, Lord God, is only for those who put, the, put their trust in you. For those who have surrendered their lives to you and quit playing the game the, the, the devil wants us to play to keep us away from you, God. So Lord, th- today, if there's anybody here, anybody that has not fully given their hearts and lives to They respond. Make it so much so that they cannot just sit there anymore. Make it so that this is a day of their salvation. Bless the Redeemer. While well, your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're not right with the Lord, if you know you need the Savior, You want to make a change today. You're not waiting for something else, or some. You, you, Today's the day. And if that's you, would you lift your hands and say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to surrender to you. Because God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that he who believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. While well, we have yet time, you say. this room and raise their hand. Lord God, I pray that they will have they will have a, a good fishing take place this week. Their baskets would be full. That you'll give them such grace and such leading of the Holy Spirit that that, that 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 people can't help but say yes to you Lord. And that you'll fill this church to overflowing Lord, I'm willing, a third service on a Sunday morning. That's, That's fine with me. Hallelujah. God, use us. There's a glorious place called heaven. And we want to take a whole lot of people with us. Just anoint us.
0: Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit LifeCenterChurch.com.